Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, the crime critic, back with part two of my interview with Don Clement. And we're going to be talking about, you know, what he thinks the system could have done for him that could have better prepared him when he was freed from prison after 25 years as a juvenile offender, right? And uh, Don, go ahead, man. So, so to, to kind of go back where we were at, you know, when I was arrested in, in March of 2022, I was, uh, I was left having to accept responsibility in a whole different way than I had before. Right. Um, and, and I had already made some, some great strides in being free. I had made some great relationships with people. I had developed, you know, a rapport in an industry that, that I was starting to thrive in. Really? Um, but unfortunately, I had already made some decisions that had kind of sucked me into that that wormhole. You were back and, in. And, I, and, you know, I was stuck in, in my mind. Like, I knew that I had to get out, and there were times where I would talk to myself at night, like, what are you doing? Why are right. you taking these chances when right. you don't have to? You don't to, have to now. You know? right. But, again, stuck in survival mode, still, you know, in between that rock and a hard place in my mind, you know, here I am. Well, let me ask you here, man. What is it that, because to me it's obvious that you were not emotionally prepared. You agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, so your emotional maturity was stunted, in my opinion. So by you not being emotionally prepared, what is it that you think the system could have done to help better prepare you? So, so my for release. My honest response is some real counseling. Real counseling. Some real counseling. And what I mean by real Explain counseling that. is in the in, in prison. You don't really get the opportunity to sit down in a one-on-one -on -one situation with a counselor who is truly trying to help you deal with the root of what led you to your incarceration. Okay, now for people that don't understand that, you know, because the majority of people are not in prison, explain what you mean when you say real counseling and explain what you mean by the, ex the limits that you are able to expose or, or reveal to the counselor. Explain that because people need to understand because they know we have counselors, they hear that we have therapists, so why is it that we are not getting the type of help we need to get, especially juvenile offenders? Go ahead. First and foremost, because their jobs don't truly call for them to do those things. What their job calls for them to do is make sure that you get your account withdrawals on a, on a regular basis, yeah. make sure your phone lists are taken care of, make sure that you have your, what they call a strong R, which is just a risk assessment program right. situation. Like, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not, hired in to help you figure out where you went wrong. Yeah. All they're here to do is give you what they believe to be the pathway to your success when you're released. Right. But that doesn't deal with your emotional instability or your emotional stunted growth, right? Mm -hmm. So these counselors come in and, and to be honest, I would call them paper pushers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and not, to, not to take any away from anything no, away they're doing, from No, they're doing what the job requires them to do. Absolutely. I mean, you, we have some great counselors that care but they can only go the limit of, that the job allows them to go now you have some that don't even do that let's keep it 100 absolutely but they can only do what the job allows them to do and that is where i believe uh the shortcoming is you said something last night uh when you were talking to me about uh, you were i don't know if you were talking to a counselor or somebody like it or in one of the programs that you had taken and you said something to the effect that of uh you know, if you got too deep in what it is that you feel that you needed mentally, right, that they will tell you, no, no, we, we don't go that far. You that's, know what I mean? That's not so, what we're here to do. Yeah, expand on that a little bit, if you don't mind. I mean, as, you know, 
me, me taking the proactive approach, you know, for those years, I, I wanted to try and figure out what was going on with myself. Like, right. I lost my father, like I said, in 2010, and I started to feel emotions and things that I hadn't felt in a long time. So, right. you know, I, I talked to a lady that was at one of the institutions I was at, and I asked her, said, hey, could I, you know, I got put off for parole. I said, look, I need to talk to somebody. I've got some things on my chest. So she said, sure, come on up. So I go up, we sit in one of the little rooms, and when I start to break down and tell her what's going on, she's like, Mr. Clemens, there's there's not a whole lot I can do to help you with this right now. Mm. Um, and that left me, honestly, devastated to a point because right. I was ready to truly open up myself. You were begging for help. I needed it because yeah. I knew that this grief was going to continue to compound on top of me and cause me to become calloused. Being callous in a way to where I had to go back to what we said before, survival. That's right. And and, That's right. and you can't show that emotion in prison. You know what I mean? It's not something that we. It's no men. safe place. Exactly. We do that. We, and if, if we do, then guess what? You become prey to something. Come to prey. Yeah. And, and that's, not, again, not an option. You know what I mean? I've made it all these years. I'm nobody's prey. That's no, right. I'm going to, you know, do what I have to do to survive. That on that. So when, when this lady told me that there wasn't nothing she could really do, all I could do was, again, throw myself into these programs, you know what I mean? So I went to their their CMS program, which is what they consider to be their pre-release program that will, right. will provide you with the tools necessary when you get out to be ready to, to do your job. Unfortunately, the textbooks that they provide us with are high school textbooks. Right. For me, being a 16-year-old kid when I came to prison, you know, maybe it would work, right? Because what is this? You know what I'm right. saying? Like, it's I, new to you. I, it's new to me, right. and, and I haven't fully developed emotionally, right. you know, so it, I can relate to it. But it doesn't prepare you for anything, and it leaves you, again, needing more. So when I say that real counseling experience, I mean someone that's going to allow you to pull your heart out, to not judge you, and to have an unbiased response and, and, and a pathway to help you deal with these emotions and, and these, these thoughts in a way to where you can process them. You can compartmentalize them in the areas they need to be and be able to actually focus on them individually. I never had a chance to do that. Mm. Even when I got out of prison, the insurance that I was able to acquire initially through the state, I couldn't find not one mental health specialist that would accept the insurance so that I could actually deal with these emotions. Mm. I had my fiance was constantly calling around, checking, trying to come up with places that I could get involved with. Yeah. The only way these people will take you is if you pay cash money. Well, again, I'm already in a situation financially that doesn't provide me to be able to have a lot of extra overhead. Right. And these sessions are no less than $150 a session. Wow. Yes, so, again, it was like nothing that I was finding myself in was preparing me for what I was going to face when I got out. So, when I told you last night about the hard reset, it wasn't until I had those handcuffs put back on me and life smacked me in the face. Right. When it smacked me in the face, right. everything come back. I now have real life experience to judge That's the difference on. though. Exactly. Right. For, for 25 years, it was only a perception or a vision of what freedom truly was. Yeah. Now that I obtained freedom and right. was, was granted parole in right. 21 and, and, and was out here living, I truly have figured out what the value of freedom is, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until those cuffs went on me that I truly understood it. So when they put those handcuffs on you, what did you realize? What did you lose? What made you say, I get it now? I lost everything, Joe. I lost yeah. I lost my fiance mm -hmm. physically. And I'm yeah, blessed that she's still standing by my side and supporting me through this. 
but I lost the ability to communicate because she was the one person that I could be vulnerable with. Right. That I could actually let the walls down yes, yes. I, and express what was going on. You know, yeah. as a man, you know, we don't cry, right? I could cry with her. Yeah. I could sit there. No night. judgment. No judgment. You know what I'm saying? When when I when I would wake up in the middle of the night from a, from one of those twitches, you know what I'm saying? Like our body's jerking. And, mm. and I know a lot of guys experience this. They might not yeah. admit it, but yeah. this is something we experience while yeah. we're in prison. We, we just, do. It wakes we us do. up. Yeah. She's seen it before I even said anything to her, and she used to ask me about this. Thing. Like yeah. she allowed me to open up the way I needed to. I lost that. I lost my mother. Mm, I lost, sorry, you know, I, lo I lost everything that I could think of. The support system of the people who were there those five times I went up for parole when I eventually made it on the sixth. Yes. Because it took six times for these people to grant me parole. Finally made it. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Six times, not because I've done anything wrong, but for whatever reason, the system. They wanted more time. They wanted more time. Right. Um, but didn't, didn't, didn't bother to use that time to prepare you. They just wanted more time. Right? They wanted more time because anytime, ne never did they ever say, I need you to take this program or that program because I was proactive in taking all of the programs that they had already offered before I ever met the parole board. Mm -hmm. So, you know, lo losing, you know, that support system. And, and to this day, some of those people are not, they're, they're not here. You know what I'm saying? They've decided that, you know, my decision to, you know, to go outside of what I was working towards, you know, was enough for them to say, you know, we wish you the best, but we wow. can't support you anymore. Yeah. Um, financially, I can't begin to tell you the financial loss that I took from that, right? And lost car, lost house, you know, now I'm in debt. I'd never had debt before in my life. Now I'm, you know, 20 plus debt. thousand dollars in debt. Right. You know, right. and I was out for one year. Mm -hmm. um, but more than anything, I lost confidence in myself for a while. Um, that confidence that I had when I first got out, it deteriorated. And when they put those cuffs on me, no one was more disappointed in me than I was myself. And, and having to swallow that and understand that I'm the one responsible for everything that's going on now, it, it broke me, Joe. Yeah. It, bro it broke me in a way that I didn't know was possible. I thought that 25 years in prison was, was enough. 25 wasn't enough, Joe. Wasn't enough. So this time I went in front of the parole board. They revoked my parole and they put me off for 18 months. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, in the scheme of things, right? It, it, it wasn't a, a fatal blow. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's allowed me to, as I said earlier, hit hard reset yeah. and focus on the things that I know God wants me to focus on. There we go. God wants me to remember what got me through 25 oh, years. No. Those oh, 25 no. years were what prepared me to be yeah. released. But it was when I left out of those walls, I didn't leave God behind, but I didn't take him with me the way I should have. Mm. And because of that, I was left with a void. Yeah. And that void, you know, I, I'm not a religious man by no means, but spiritual, and I had always had that close relationship with God in here that I could talk to him. I got to the point where I couldn't talk to God because I was, you know, I, I was lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to be all right, man. I want to thank you for um, taking the time to sit down and share your story with me, man. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Um, I, I know I have. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you, man. You know what I mean? I know you're going to get out and hold it down and do great, great things, man. Is there anything that you would like to say to a parent of a juvenile offender or a juvenile offender directly?
and anything that you would like to say to anybody out there that might be going through anything similar to what you have been through. Absolutely. My, my, my theme or motto since I've been back is trust the process. If you trust the process, and that process being the work and energy and effort you put into getting where you are and, and, and elevating yourself above what led you to incarceration in the first place, uh-huh. if you'll trust that and be patient, it will come to you. It'll come to you in a way that you weren't expecting it to. It may not be what you initially expected to be, right? But that's okay. If you'll trust the process, grind it out, and lean on those people who are there to support you, you'll make it. I also want to make sure that the families of these, these, especially the juveniles who spent an extensive amount of time in prison, understand, please don't provide any unrealistic expectations on these kids. Because in all honesty, we're still kids when we first get out. Because we grew up in a world that was controlled, that had all of the rules and everything in place for us. We're coming to a world, or out into a world, that we have to figure it out. So please be patient with them. Don't expect them to come and change your world either, you know, because what we have to be able to do is be given time to adjust and understand what we're about to embark on, which is a completely new journey or a different chapter, right? However you want to see that, you're going into a world that you know nothing about, and that's what it was for me. I knew nothing about the free world, but everything about prison. So my family... As much as they loved me, they didn't know what to expect or how to handle that because they were used to seeing this strong man who who endured 25 years of incarceration. That was great. I knew this world in here. What I didn't know... You were in here longer than you were free. Than I was ever free. Yes, sir. So, you know, that would be my biggest thing to the families. You know, support them, love them. If you see any sign that would would stand out or you see them talking about things that, you know, just seem a little bit off from what your conversation may have been in the past, pull up on them, talk to them, you know, hey, are you okay? I'm saying, what can we do to help you in this transition? Are you, are you struggling? You know, if it's financial, you know, here, you know, help out if you can. And I understand that the world today is, 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 is in a bad place. So financially, a lot of people are in, in, in difficult times, but you still need that help. You know what I mean? You need someone that's going to be there for you. And find, this is the thing for me, find that person when you get out. You know, I get that we all want to, you know, experience life, but find that person who's going to truly love you and is going to show you the truth of who you are and show you the truth of what life is about. Like with, with my fiance, to me, the most beautiful woman in the world has, has changed how I see things, right? She's given me hope and let me know that there is no judgment. As long as you are genuine and you're able to let those walls down and show vulnerability, you will find someone that'll help you take those steps necessary to reach those goals that you want to reach. But you have to be willing to let those walls down. So we have to let go of all of that bravado that we carried for all those years and and become vulnerable and trust that that vulnerability will lead to our success. Man, look here, brother. I appreciate that. Appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and share this with me and uh, my listeners. I know that they're going to appreciate it now. Anybody out there that's listening to this episode, if you got any comments for myself or Don, please hit me up, you know what I'm saying, on YouTube. Let me know what it is and I can pass them on to him. And if you have any questions about anything, I hope that uh, I could get him to sit down again with me and answer some of those questions and whatnot. Absolutely. But uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up, man. 
and I appreciate you, man, for doing this, okay? Joe, thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity no to doubt. just, you know, shed light on something that, you know, needs, needs some light shed on. Dig that. Appreciate that, bro. Well, y'all know what it is. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, the crime critic, and I say peace, y'all.